Thank you for joining us for another Art of Relationships podcast. In each episode, we work hard to bring you the latest research in psychology and communication theory to help you develop healthy relationships. We also have a lot of fun in the process. Ready to get started? Let's do it. So once again, Tim, we are going to listen to uh, a guest or some guests from a topic uh, that we've explored just recently. And Tim, that is on infertility and adoption issues. And we have Jesse and Doug Brown with us today. And uh, what a great opportunity. Yeah. And, and as our listener base uh, becomes more and more diverse, we are coming across a lot of couples that are dealing with this. And there's things to say and things to avoid. And I think today could be very educational for all of us. Yeah. So let's get started. When you guys go through this, um, sometimes situations like this can tear a couple apart. So you, going back to your notion of seeking help, f- having that friend, that person that you can rely on, sometimes that's your partner, but they're not your therapist. And mm-hmm. I'm assuming you can right away exhaust their ability because they're dealing with their own sadness and pain. Tell us about that. I'm, I'm sure some couples out there are not just isolated from community. They're isolated from each other. This has driven a wedge between them. And how did you guys battle that? Absolutely. I remember the first girl I mentored um, with her uh, fertility struggle, this was her husband and her biggest thing was she felt like it was ripping them apart. And then she almost got bitter even more about infertility of like, oh, this is, you know, what's ripping us apart and not having us have good communication. And she said, I'll never forget this one line she said. She's like, I feel like people that go through fertility issues have conversations with their partner that some couples never have. Like they never have to have the like, so do you want to stop treatment and go on to adoption or what do you want to do with this? Or this costs so much money and, you know, all these things. And so she was really feeling the unfairness of that, of, you know, um, as a couple, you, when you struggle with infertility, um, you have to talk about a ton of hard things and then you throw sex in there and it's like, mm-hmm. it's just, uh, <laughs> kind of can be a hot mess sometimes. And when you guys do that, um, what recommendations do you give for that couple? Uh, when again, one thing is therapy another is just getting more information. Another is finding that safe person dealing with the debris. Uh, you, uh-huh. you could expand on any of those, but I, I'm guessing for you guys, Uh, one of the benefits of community has been the ability for others to come along and support you together, but also just your, your desire to make your marriage as strong as it can be and to use this to strengthen you guys rather than to weaken or tear you guys apart. Yeah, we often find that when we're teaching people and helping people build their resilience for this season, uh, we talk about a lot of the relational needs that we have. Um, at times, we need people to be there and cry with us. At other times, we need people to motivate us. And we can't normally find that in one person. And it usually is never, it seems to never be just your spouse. That, at, And in one moment, your spouse can motivate you, but also cry with you. And in God, it, is, it doesn't necessarily always work that way. But that's why we, we encourage people to start to self-identify the people in their lives who can help meet those relational needs. And at times, you know, for me, Jesse was there for me if I needed to process something and be sad and cry. But at other times when I needed someone to really chop up all the options and dig down into the nitty gritty of what we should do, that, there was, that was a friend of mine or that, that was a, a family member of mine who helped meet that need for me. And when we started to 
spread out our needs, so to speak, it, we, we were actually connecting better as a couple. Cause I wasn't, you know, I wasn't having to get all of my emotional relational needs met by Jesse. Obviously there was a special connection there, us being husband and wife, and there's a loving connection and something that is, you know, un, you know, further than anything other relationship I had in my life. But, but it would be too much for me to ask all of that from her because she's also going through her own battle, her own journey. And, and there were times where we needed to communicate about, um, you know, needing things and needing other people in our lives, friendships and community and church members and pastors and, and people. And a really practical thing that I always say to people is when you go out on a date, try not to talk about that Try or whatever it is. Try to have some night or date or whatever in your schedule, in your week that you don't talk about that. And I think that even goes when you have kids too, <laughs> but especially when it comes to fertil- infertility too, I think that works. No, I think that's great advice. We, you have to reserve some times where you're looking forward, you're using what happens in the past to project what's going yes. on in the future. And when you're constantly dealing with the present, constantly going over it and over it, it yeah. can become a drain. And I love that idea. You go on a date and you reserve it for having fun, not bring, and then you have a date in which you totally. can maybe yeah. talk about totally. the issue and call it, you know, mm-hmm. a working date. Now, you guys have made a, a decision at some point um, about adoption. And many couples have gotten to this point where infertility has opened their eyes to some other options. That's been a journey for you guys. And I know uh, you have such a, a great story, too, a blessing in your life. Uh, and why don't you tell us about that? Well, I think I get this question a lot, um, which I want to say first, is a lot of people say, how did you and Doug know when to move on? And I think a really and good... Explain what that means, though. Move, move yeah, on as in stop doing fertility treatments. Right, yeah. So... Um, and uh-huh. yeah, stop doing fertility treatments. Um, and I, our a doctor we interviewed for our podcast actually said it perfectly. She's like, I always tell the patient, it's when you, it's what the science tells you and what your emotional state is telling you. So our science was not great. Doug and I together, even with a lot of meds and a lot of drugs and all the things was not great. And our emotional state, we were not doing well. We were having a hard time. And so for me, that was when we kind of communicated and took a step back and went, I think I'm ready to move on to something else. So I think that's a good practical step is listening to the science and listen to the emotional, how you're emotionally doing as a couple. Um, and then we grew up in the, in the church. So adoption was always something that was kind of talked about a lot. Um, so we were very comfortable with the idea, which is also um, interesting because not a lot of not everybody has that that comfortability. Um, and so it was easy for us. So we um, started advertising that we wanted to adopt and started telling people and talk to people. And I got a phone call at um, my work from about she met this little boy who was living with a family and he needed to be adopted. And he was 18 months old and he was adorable. And she said, so what do you want me to say? Do you want me to say that you want to just come meet him? I was like, Okay. What? This is crazy. So, um, we met him, um, uh, five days later and four days after that, he started living with us. So he is pretty fantastic. Nine days. Yeah. We say some people have nine months and we had nine Nine days. days. (laughs) Nine days to turn it all around. That's right. A month a day just to get ready. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Exactly. (laughs) And how long ago was that now? He is going to be seven on Sunday. Seven. Oh, seven. Man. That's and amazing. We met, we met him at 18 months. At yeah, 18, 18 months. months. Yeah. And yeah. so, and then you guys have decided to continue maybe in the foster area as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We, uh, we've, 
after uh, we adopted our son, we knew that we wanted to continue to grow our family. We actually went through two failed adoptions before mm. we ended up into in the foster community. Uh, to be perfectly honest, and this is probably a huge motivation for why we do what we do, but we uh, we brought a lot of the the trauma from our infertility journey into our adoptions. Yes. And there was a lot of leftover desires, probably unhealthy desires that we had that grew during our season of infertility. We wanted to have that baby. We, we really wanted to be pregnant. That's what we wanted. But, but it manifested itself into we really wanted to adopt an infant. And we, we fell on our sword a couple times in trying to do that, in mm -hmm. overextending ourselves and ended up into two failed adoptions, which were, they were big learning experiences for yeah. us. Um, but it even it really helped highlight what we had gone through and the experiences that we were going through it and knowing that oh wow we need to start addressing our infertility but yeah. after those two failed adoptions we were led uh we were actually interested in one specific little girl it actually didn't end up panning out but that opened up our eyes to the fact that oh there are other kids out there that need homes so there are other kids out there who are in situations that that desperately uh, would would they would thrive in a family situation so that just drew us straight in and we ended up uh, meeting um, a little girl and mm -hmm. she's now actually living with us. So it's super exciting that she's here. Uh, we don't know exactly where her case will go, but we are, we're kind of an officially right now in a, fa a family of four, which we, mm -hmm. <laughs> which we never thought would happen. Yes. Mm. Happened in a very unconventional way. But like I said, uh, uh, this opportunity of infertility kind of gave us this, uh, this blessing of being able to have our home open and being able to bring in more kids. And so if you're, if someone out there, a listener is going through this and they're thinking about adopting, your advice is what? We always oh. say the same thing. And I'll, and this is what I would say is just go and talk to someone who's done it. It's always yep. our same advice. I, there's so many answers to that question and there's a million ways to start. But I say, just go talk to someone, find some, if, if you're part of a, a church community, there might be someone who's done it there. There might be someone in your life who is adopted. Go and find and just just hear the story. Just ask them how to go, what happened. And it, it will start to open up your eyes to all the different ways adoption can happen, all the different agencies and organizations that are doing it. But I would start with the person because you can get lost in the logistics really quickly. Mm -hmm. And I think you got you to gotta start with the person first. Yes. I would go hang out with a family who has adopted children and then find an adult in your life that is adopted themselves. That's what I always say. And pick their brain. Because one of my really good friends is adopted. So I picked her brain and I was like, what was that like? And we had, I, I learned so much about her story that I even had no idea. And I had been her really good friend for a really long time. And it really opened my eyes and it helped me parent better listening to her and how she grew up and, you know, her, she was adopted, you know, 25 years ago. So the, you know, the training and stuff that has happened since then is a lot better than it was um, back then. So it was just like where her parents, you know, sometimes made mistakes and stuff. So um, I learned a lot from her um, and, and even just how to parent an adopted child. What do you think about this advice? Um, to talk to both a couple that it's gone well and talk to a couple that it hasn't. And the reason I say this is we have some really dear friends who uh, they went to the former Soviet Union, they went into a Russian orphanage and uh, came out and adopted two girls from this Russian orphanage and it has been a nightmare. <laughs> a nightmare. They, yeah, they so downplayed um, the things that both these girls were struggling with. And it has been almost to the point that 
they, the, one of the girls could not stay anymore. It just wasn't, yeah. you just couldn't. So I almost, I almost, cause I think here's an, I'm sounding like, De- I'm sounding like a downer here, Chris. I'm sounding <laughs> no, like, no, fine. do not no, talk to Tim Neilhoff. He's the, <laughs> but, but I, I'm thinking of this couple that, and by the way, can you imagine how much they were applauded? On the front right. end, of course. Right? right? I mean, yeah. this is right. a Russian orphanage. We are not worthy to be in your presence. And so now they feel like the biggest losers of the world because this is like spiritual battle. And, and but, So w- comment on that idea. Like, is it possible even to find a couple that would be transparent enough to say, yeah, this, is, this was not what we signed up for? Mm. Absolutely. I think sometimes it can be glorified. Like, oh, look at what you're doing for the children of the world that have nowhere to be. Absolutely. I always say, oh, it's just so hard. But something that I say is like, you can't go in it for yourself. Mm. You know, I went in it to, in an adoption to solve my problem, to solve my infertility. I really did that. And then, and then once those two adoptions didn't work out and I was so incredibly crushed and I had to go back and be like, wow, I need to grieve what I went into and really understand my motivation for what I'm doing now. Why am I adopting children? I am adopting children to say to whatever it is and this couple, like whatever it is. And if you can try to go in and really find your motivation. Um, and for me, we were just we were just opening our homes to kids. That's what we wanted to do. We wanted to love kids and we want for however long it was. I think the reality is that uh every situation is different. And anytime you bring a person into your life, there's a variable that people are all different. Jesse and I say, this is a sound, speaking of downers, this, here's a real downer (laughs) for you. If if you want a downer of an analogy, um, we say that adoption, and I don't know where we've heard this before, but we, we often say adoption happens on the grave of another family, which is, mm. which is a downer, yeah, but it's, it's, but it's, it's the reality is that a, a, a family situation has broken down and is, is essentially dying. And then this new family is starting again, but it's on the grave of that old family. So it's a, it's a serious situation that you're putting yourself into. And oftentimes it's approached in this fun, lighthearted social media kind of way of like, look how great this is. They get to go to Disneyland now. Yeah, and like, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they have all the things they've ever wanted. But, but you know, just beneath that, skin deep, is the reality that there's a death of a family. And both of them have to be held in that tension. But when you do, you start to realize that there's going to be some really dark days. You know, there's going to be mm-hmm. some really hard moments. There will be good moments too, but... You get, there's t- there's both and at times it becomes too much and you know you end up in that situation like your friends uh, which is a hard thing uh, not everyone ends up that way but it is definitely reality when you're talking about how serious adoption can be well when you guys have gone through these experiences it does so much to just hear your story uh, it, it's a blessing to so many people in many ways I'm sure you guys may not ever be aware of but to just do what you're doing so publicly allows people the space to find somebody to recognize the wounds that they have, the debris that they need to get rid of. But I'm sure just your story has opened up the eyes of a lot of people. So, so let we just want to thank you guys. It, it's it's oh, really so good sweet. to hear um, about a couple that have journeyed through this, but more importantly, have journeyed through this now in a way to be able to help other people. And I think that's exactly 
what the gospel is about, right? We take our stories and our lives and, and we share that with others and point them to a God that cares above all about them and it cares about, you know, their hearts. And so I'm, I'm guessing that for you guys, your journey with Jesus, uh, your walk with him has just grown tremendously through the hard times, through the yelling and the anger and the pain and the sorrow and the grief and the wounds. And I think that's what's so cool to hear about your story. And uh, we're just so glad to have you guys share that with us. Yes, thank, thank you, you yeah, for thank having you us. Thank you so much. It's been a, it's been a, a huge blessing to us to uh, go through what we've gone through and then know that there's there's so many still in this journey and we're still in this journey but but to uh, to be a voice for the community to be a little bit a, li- a little bit of a light to the world and to show people that there is hope there's always hope for them mm-hmm. has been you know not what we set out to do in our no. marriage <laughs> no was but, has, but it's really been the most uh the most blessed thing we could have ever done with this relationship that we're in and it's we we really are astounded by uh, what we're called to do and what we're able to do and it's, and it's not just telling your story, but it's the transparency of how you do it that mm-hmm. I think is mm-hmm. so healing because there are there are challenges within what you're doing. And I, I, that, I really resonate with that. I, I'm so glad that you guys have chosen to show us both sides of this issue. Mm. Thank you. Yes, yeah, thank thanks you for, for giving us, us the opportunity. And uh, Jesse, Doug, um, where should they go if a, a person out there is wanting some help? We we have a website, and and I'll let you guys share yours. Uh, you know, ours is at CMR, which stands for Center for Marriage and Relationships, CMR. Viola.edu, and we have resources of therapists. We even have free relationship advice uh, where couples can call in or an individual. And and then we, we have a whole host of uh, therapists um, in Southern California and across the country, actually. So um, if you had to provide anything for someone out there listening, where, what, what resources would you direct them to? I would say two things. Uh, our website is uniquelyknitted.org. So uniquely and then knitted, K-N-I-T-T-E-D, uniquelyknitted.org. And then also our Instagram is uniquely underscore knitted. Uh, from there, you'll be able to see that we are building right now, and it's actually going to be live in 2021. So you might even be listening to this in 2021. <laughs> Probably. Um, but, <laughs> um, but it'll be live. We're, we're offering a therapeutic resource for people to help them understand the kind of the basic tenets of what it's like to build resilience <clears throat> during a difficult season like infertility. And then we'll then we will network out to all the different therapists that we know, you know, back to you guys and just helping offer this community a specialized training in what it's like to care for yourself during the very particular time of infertility you know, linking them up with some therapeutic practices and uh, walking with them through that. So you could check that out, uniquelyknitted.org. Jesse, Doug, thank you guys so much. It's, it's, thank you so uh, much for having been, us. Yeah, well, thank you for, for being here. And uh, we'll be praying and interested in your journey and praying for you guys as you go through this. And again, thanks for being our guest today. Yes. Thank you, guys. Thank, thank you. you. Thank, you, thank you. Have you ever been asked to mentor a young married couple but were afraid to say yes? Thankfully, the Center for Marriage and Relationships is here to help. The CMR's Marriage Mentoring Curriculum covers important topics like communication, forgiveness, and the ever-important sexual intimacy. It even provides tips on when and how to refer a couple for professional help. Sound interesting? Check out the resources page on our website at cmr.biola.edu.
www.ilsbach.edu.